The views expressed on the International Internet Strangers podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the United Kingdom, the United States, their respective societies for the prevention of cruelty to animals, or postal services. Hey everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the internet. I will get that title right. <laughs> you get friends and folks. I have so many takes recording the disclaimer that you just heard. I will get the title of this podcast correct, even if it means changing the title of this podcast. Welcome to the first ever episode of International Internet Strangers. Today, you will have the opportunity to hear uh, myself, my name is Damon, and my co-host Zen play a little get-to-know-you game. We'll do the first half of that, and then we will get started uh, going through the very first of the many illustrious mixtapes that we have made for each other over the past 20 years. Because we are fighting a regular people work schedule and a seven-hour time difference, it's a little difficult for us to uh, sit down and record uh, a whole two-and-a-half-hour podcast in one go. I've also really found a respect for shorter podcast episodes over the last year and a half or so. And so rather than making damn sure we do a full mixtape in a single episode. What I think we're going to be doing is who wants to be a millionaire style playing the game until we run out of time and then picking that game up again uh, the next week. So what we will hear first is a little newlywed game. And then, well, you'll see. All right. Uh, hey, this is Damon. And this is Zen. And uh, we are, to help you get to know us and to help us get to know each other, uh, going to play a little variation on the newlywed game. Uh, now, typically this would have a host and uh, two contestants um, and a little interview with each contestant, but we are just the two of us. So we've written down our answers all beforehand. Uh, and to determine who goes first, we're going to flip a coin. Uh, this is a standard American quarter before we did all the states. There's <laughs> Washington. There's an eagle. Um, so, Zen, I'm going to have you call it in the air. Uh, uh, okay. Heads. It is. Ooh. Heads. So you get to choose. Uh, do you want to answer about me, or do you want me to give my answers? Well, I'm I'm very nervous that I'm going to do terribly badly. So I'll okay. let you ask me first and uh, kind of ease me in. <laughs> okay. So so you <clears throat> so you're going to give your answers the, uh, for me, or I'm going to give mine for you. Like, I'm going to ask you legitimately, and then we're going to reveal what I guessed. Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do that. Uh, so my guesses, your answers. No. Yeah. Your, <laughs> your, your answers about yourself, my guesses about you. Okay. Okay. So we've got, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, maybe 15. I don't want to take the time to count them out. Uh, in the order, I believe that they ended up on the Google Doc. We will start with favorite color. 
Okay. Am uh, I, am I what, meant what, to be like showing this to the screen or something? Or? Uh, well, we're not recording the video. So I, I did think about getting a, a whiteboard and scrolling down my answers. So, um, okay. Oh, well, since I'm guessing, go ahead and read the questions. Okay. I will give my response and then you okay. tell me how wrong I was. <laughs> All right. Question number one. What is your co-host's favorite color? All right. I went with purple. That's just like a vibe thing. That's not really from observation of anything or, or having read it anywhere. Purple. Purple is a good guess, but it's not right. I'm sorry. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Would you care to reveal to the audience what the, the correct <laughs> answer uh, is? So I've been told that I pronounced this incorrectly, but... Ooh. My favorite color is turquoise. Ah, okay. Uh, I'm not going to say incorrectly, but I will <laughs> say distinctly. Um, and that, I mean, that is something I, I did want to have definitely be a part of the show is accent talk. But e even over there, you're, you're told. Yeah, yeah. You I... put the qua too strongly. Yeah, I think the, the, the kind of wise pronunciation is just wrong but i've said yeah. it my whole life that way and i just can't break the habit now so yeah i mean it's a little more french like a turquoise yeah <laughs> how would you say it uh, i say turquoise like okay. t-u-r-k-o-i-z-e wise okay turquoise okay. interesting all right yeah. let's move on to question number two what celebrity would your co-host want as their bff all right. I, again, just <clears throat> beg pardon, just kind of from kind of a silly, silly sort of guess. I went with Tom Waits. Oh, wow. Okay. I like that answer. That's a great answer. Um, I went very predictably with David Bowie. Obviously, he's not right. with us anymore. So that would be impossible unless you believe in life after death. Ghost, Ghost of David Bowie would be a good a good hang, I think. Yeah. Ghost yeah. of David Bowie, that is my answer. Ghost of Bowie. I love it. Yeah. All right. Zero points for me. Oh no. It's all right. These these are kind of wild, nebulous ones. I don't I don't feel too bad missing out. Yeah. There is no right, right or wrong answer, really. Okay, question number three. What uh sorry, which band from the past would your co host like to see? Uh, on, on a similar theme, uh, but s keeping it specifically a band, I went with Tin Machine. Oh, nice. I didn't even think of Tin Machine. <laughs> and I think I've probably answered incorrectly now that you've pointed out that the question <laughs> specified band. Uh, but I went for Prince. Oh, yeah. Well, it will, Prince and the Revolution. Prince then we'll and call the Revolution, yeah. yeah. Or New Power Generation. Ooh. Because that's a saucy era prince too, with the <laughs> yellow assless chaps and yeah. Oh, I mean, I just said prince, so yeah. Oh, that's that's <laughs> totally fair. Uh, no, I've got Tin Machine on my mind because I I decided after I got my Spotify Wrapped last year that I wanted Tin Machine to be one of my. I wanted him to show up in twenty twenty one. Yes, and my Spotify rap. So I've got a, a playlist that's all. Tin Machine and 
Gregorian chant. Wow. Just to kind of game the, the, the algorithm. That that does make me laugh. I wonder how many people are doing that, like, you know, doing silly things like just pressing play and then turning it down really low and walking off to go and get on with their day to game I, the Spotify wrapped. I did that, uh, not, not for the wrapped, but I did it a few years ago when, like, I saw a headline that Nelly was having trouble paying back taxes. And they're like everybody like stream uh cotton here i think yeah. is what they what it said i was like you know what? no air force ones so i put air force ones on a loop and turned my speakers down and just let it go i never found out if he got uh if he got that taken care of yeah. nelly if you're listening write to us uh iis pod at internet strangers pod at gmail.com give us a give us an email let us know how your tax thing went yeah i hope it was all resolved positively <laughs> oh i love stuff like that sort of uh where people pull together to to actually do nice things for people on the internet yeah it, it feels rare but when it happens it's lovely um okay question number four what would your co-host purchase if they won the lottery all right this is one that i did not prepare an answer for <laughs> uh so I'm going to say like a dog park. Oh, that is so close. I'm going to give you that point. Um, I went for a big house with lots of dogs. Oh, there we go. It's a Dalmatian plantation, as it were. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So I am on the board with one. Hmm. Okay. I don't, I don't know that I have an answer for this next one. Oh, Okay. What is your co-host's premiership team? All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to let you give you a second to lock one in. Mm. Um, okay. I, I have an answer. Okay. Uh, so, well, well, before we get to it, what, what is kind of your relationship to uh, professional football? I mean, I'm a bit of a, a fair weather sports fan. I, I okay. always watch the big tournaments. So, like, you know the Euros, the World Cup, sometimes like, you know, if there's big games in the Premiership League or something. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't like follow it closely enough to be able to tell you all the players on the teams. And stuff oh, sure, like sure. Um, but yeah, I, there, there is actually a really big stadium, like 20 minutes from where I live, and I've still not been there. So I need to rectify <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, and that's fair. I... I... I mostly like I'm there for the tournaments, even less actually than than you. I'm there every four years uh, for men's World Cup. Uh, mm -hmm. I've started following women's World Cup, um, but that's kind of it because that's what's most available. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and I, I like the I like the international play. I like uh, cheering for African teams. Yeah, I. I, one of the things I really like about you is how enthusiastic you get about the kits every year, every yeah. time there's a World Cup. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a very underrated element of the, uh, of the game and the, and the event. But. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, a, it's part of the, the whole presentation, the whole spectacle. I, uh, man, over a decade ago, I started following this blog called UniWatch. Okay. And it's just dedicated to to different uniform aspects across basically all sports, but they do a little special on the, you know, when there's something, an event coming up, they do a little mm. special on it. So 
like NCAA basketball tournament, they'll go through, see what everybody's got. Um, and it's, it's a way to focus on without remembering everybody's name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very bad at remembering names at the best of times, let alone when it's, uh, you know, sports people that I probably only see on TV like once a year or something. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always funny, uh, when it's got my Facebook flashbacks, I'm like, oh, that was a world cup here. I don't know who any of those people are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was very important to me for like four weeks in <laughs> 2010. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like this time, what would it be a few months ago when the Euros were on? I could tell you the whole England lineup. I could tell you who was in what position that information yeah. has since left my brain. So yeah. All right. So, mm. um, are you ready? I'm Premiership ready. team. Premiership now, team. yes. This is based solely on knowing that this is Robert Smith's team. Mm. They're not even in the Premiership right now. I I, I looked it up. <laughs> uh, Queens Park Rangers. Okay, that is a very controversial choice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is not QPR, I am afraid to say. Um, I would have to go with my local team, which is Brighton and Hove Albion. Yeah, I should have taken geography <laughs> into account. I, I didn't realize until I, I was saying Queen's Park Rangers, like, you know, it's probably Brighton. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, if I was still living in London, I would probably have to say, like, West Ham, maybe, because that's, that's okay. a, lot, a lot of my family support uh, growing up in East London. But yeah, I I, I, could, I couldn't even tell you one player from West Ham. Sure. So. But, but for colors, it can't be beat. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Who have we got next? Or what have we got next, I should say? Hmm. Okay. What is your co-host's preferred chip or crisp variety? All right. Uh, again, this is another one I didn't have uh, beforehand. I, I just wrote it down a few minutes ago. And I kept wanting to say, because I, I love that it, it exists, beef and onion, but I know that's a problem. Mm. Uh, so I went with cheese. Yeah, I'm going to give you that. I'm going to give you that. I, I didn't know how specific we were going, but uh, sure. I, I'm a big fan of Watsits which I, okay. guess, I guess your equivalent would be like Cheetos. Like a Cheeto, yeah. yeah. What, what's the shape? I can't, is, is it uh, just like that crinkly? No, it's kind of like, uh, an, oh, I don't know what the right shape term is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a kind of long, it's like a little finger. Okay. A crunchy Smooth? finger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, like a Cheetos puff. Okay. Because there, there's two main types of Cheetos. There's the puff and there's the crunchy, which is like they sh put a, a puff in a, a vacuum bag. Okay. And, and it just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that sounds a bit more like knickknacks. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah. From from what I remember, I think that I think that is right. All right. Nice. So All what, right, what were you on now? Two. Three points. Uh. Oh, two. I got, uh, you gave me Tin Machine. Was it Tin Machine you gave me? or Lotto? Oh, Lotto Purchase you gave me and then Crisp yep. uh, you gave me. So that's two for me. That's pretty good. Okay. Who would play your co-host in a film? Now, <clears throat> oh yeah, you need you need an answer before I give you mine. 
mine was a bit of a joke because uh, <laughs> I can't think of a genuine answer. Oh, fair enough. And I, uh, for for my guess and my my answer, I went with like the first thing that came to me. So, okay. um, all right. So, are you locked in? I'm locked in. Yeah. Olivia Coleman. Okay. Yeah, I'd take that. I would accept that. Uh, I went with Scarlett Johansson. There you go. There was that whole debacle where she said she would play anyone and anything. <laughs> <laughs> she could be a tree if she wanted to be so <laughs> uh, i love it yeah. that's great all right we got scar joe there yeah i mean i'm i'm realistic with myself i know that that is uh <laughs> that's a very optimistic casting yeah well and y'all you always want to cast for the for the screen right yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I went Olivia Coleman. I was like, oh, she's got range. Yeah. Money. She, she's about Perfect. 10 years older than us, but. Well, you know. But it, movie magic, it's it's set in the future. Exactly. Okay, next question. I've lost count of what number we're on, but how does your co-host take their coffee? Seven. All right, this is eight. Okay. Okay. Uh, again, big guess. Not even sure you drink coffee that much. Cream, no sugar. Uh, just, I will give you that. Okay. Uh, we don't really do cream mm -hmm. um, in hot drinks, but I do go for a dairy substitute and no sugar. So there you go. Okay. Yeah. It, with coffee, it always sounds like cream. Like when I think, how do you take your coffee? I think like you're at a a diner in the fifties, <laughs> or so. Uh, or so when, in when Twin you Peaks, say cream, yeah. do you really mean like actual cream, not milk? Um, I mean, if if I've got like a cup that's just coffee, coffee, and nothing else, then I will likely also have a little cup of creamer or non dairy creamer, mm. and that's like if I'm at a hotel. And they've got the coffee. Uh, that's that's usually what it is. If I'm at home, wait, uh, you're giving me the answer. <laughs> I, I, okay, but <laughs> maybe I am, and oh, maybe I'm not. Maybe it's a double bluff. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have told you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, let's let's mark that off. Oh no. Okay, Creamshire, three points for me, mm. and not quite spoiling the next round. Okay. Okay. On a similar track, how does your co-host take their tea? Um, so I, taking into account the non-dairy, um, mm. I'm going to adjust it from milk and sugar to non-dairy milk substitute and, and sugar. Uh, I do not take sugar in my tea. Not I'm sorry sugar. to say. Okay. No. All right, da, 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 da. all right. Not, uh, I mean, not a lot. I, it is important, though. Like culturally, like there's clans about how tea is taken. Is this correct? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, or the I, order of operations for tea oh, preparation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> it's it's kind of a joke because I feel like it's it's blown out of proportion oh, sure. internationally how obsessed we are with tea. But at the same time, if you're someone who puts their milk in first, you will get some really weird looks. Or like if you don't leave the tea bag in for long enough, um, people will make comments, you know. <laughs> uh, especially like if if you work, well, I suppose pre-pandemic days, if you worked in like right. an office environment and you were doing a tea round for people who sit oh, near yeah. you, you know, and you'd come back and if you'd made the tea like too weak or, <laughs> you know, too much yeah. milk, not enough milk. It's it's a delicate, delicate science. <laughs> yeah, more, more art. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I get that. Mm. Um, and I... I can't comment further because I don't want to spoil my. Mm, yeah, I can see you're you're tempted to next round. reveal your secrets. <laughs> so I have I have opinions, but they are weak opinions. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, how does your coast like their eggs? Uh, I. So here I avoided uh, using my my little handful of of English. Uh, stereotypes and I did not go with a soft scramble uh I said poached poached I'm gonna give it to you because I love eggs I love eggs in all forms I am indiscriminate in how I enjoy Excellent. my eggs and so, and I hadn't I hadn't considered the poached egg a way to have your eggs for a long time but Katie uh for the listener my lovely wife uh, she makes a great poached egg it's it's taken me decades to figure out how to poach eggs. And if I'm honest, I'm still very, very bad at it. Mm. But I love a poached egg. If I am made a poached egg, top. Yeah. It's it's a good one. I think it's underrated. Mm, definitely. Because it's, it's tricky. It's definitely that. It's another one of those things. It's slightly, it's, it's some sort of like secret art. There's definitely... Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to do it. You know, anyone can boil an egg, but oh yeah, it takes a that, special that... kind of someone. <laughs> and I, I'm very lucky to know that someone. Yes, it's great. Uh, okay. Uh, next question: How many siblings does your co-host have? All right, and you have an answer locked in. <laughs> uh, yeah, you threw me there. I was like, "What?" Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I do. I, I, I like this one. It's got a very solid answer. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I know it's just the one, right? Correct. Yeah. Straightforward, that one. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess. Next? next one, 12. Uh, Ooh. Does your co host cry at movies? Um, I said yes. Why not? I think uh, you get a point for that. All right. Is it? I don't know how folks don't. Honestly, not not every movie, obviously, but there's commercials that get me sometimes. Yeah, some there's certain things that just like, especially because I'm I'm a soppy animal lover. If like an animal yeah, oh, dies yeah. in a film, oh man, like a never-ending story when the horse oh. 
when the horse drowns oh, our tags. yeah oh. that that gets me every time so and i think if you don't get upset watching that there's something wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> uh. okay so uh, I'm, I'm actually not doing too badly through question 12 i have uh six points by my oh, count no, the pressure's on the pressure is really on Okay, let's see. All right. Let's see how we do. Okay, next question. If your co-host were a superhero, who would they be? All right, and this is another one. I did not prepare an answer last night. And so mm-hmm. this morning, uh, when we started, I, I went ahead and scribbled down uh, first comic book character, really, that came to me, which is Nightcrawler. Okay. okay. And I, I, I took the question to be, who would you choose to be, not who are you most like? Uh, so we okay. may have answered in different ways here. Yeah. I I think I, I went for a slightly different tact. Sure. Which was, uh, who would I realistically be? Hmm. And I went for the Incredible Hulk. Ah, uh, yeah. Because... <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not a very angry person, but I do get hangry. <laughs> so, you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry, basically. Okay. That, that works. All right. <laughs> uh, has your co-host ever fired a gun? Okay. So for this one, I just took a guess. You've done some traveling. You've had experiences, done things, I said, sure. I don't believe I have, actually. Oh. I'm trying to rack my brains. Aside from, oh. like, fairgrounds and things, which I don't think really counts. Yeah, air, air rifles. Mm. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's a no. Okay. I'll take the L on that one. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Okay, in your opinion, which host starts listening to Christmas music earliest? Okay, so I said that you would say that you would. Mm. Um, and here's my thinking. Is well, I guess my thinking's more on where I answered the question, and then I just applied it to my guess. So I'm not not going to spoil my thinking. We'll save mm. that for the other round. Okay. Although I think I did spoil the answer. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see in 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, so I actually guessed it would be you. Oh. Mm. Interesting. I, I don't know whether I should uh, justify that. Well, I, I mean, I've got my answer locked in for the other side, so. Okay. Um, so, what? yeah, what's your thinking on that? Well, I'm I'm quite. I don't know what the word is. What adjective am I looking for? Um, I always listen to like spooky music in like Halloween season. Sure. Um, and I'm very strict not to listen to Christmas music until at least November. You can't listen to it earlier than November. That just feels like breaking the rules to me. But yeah, no, and and you miss. You have to have Halloween. You have to let Halloween be Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that for sure. 
Mm. Um, now, it, growing up for you, was Halloween a thing? So it was in my family. Okay. But it wasn't really where I lived. You, like people, you might get a few houses on your street who put pumpkins out, but that's about it really. Um, okay. And like, you know, if you had a lot of families with kids, you'd have like, you'd know which houses to knock at, but it would be about five on your street. It wouldn't be a lot. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, we, we just love dressing up and party games and stuff like that. So we always did something fun for Halloween. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, I remember growing up, we, we did trick or treat, but only on the base. Yeah. All the, all the other Americans very into it. So there was a lot, a lot of, a lot of trick or treating out there. Mm. Um, I mean, is it as, I mean, I want to say like over the top, but is it, is it as intense as they portray it in films and stuff? Uh, I mean, looking around town now, so much Halloween decoration. I really are. Like it, it, it has come alive for, for the season, not like every house, but the houses that do yeah. have really put their back into it. Fake, uh, you know, tombstones in the yard and a <laughs> lot of inflatable decorations, which okay. aren't my favorite, but I enjoy the, the enthusiasm. Yeah. Big, yeah. big fake spiders. I saw there was a viral thing, um, maybe last year about, some store in the US was selling this giant skeleton that loads of people bought. Yeah, the Home Depot, the 12 foot skeleton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that was awesome. That looks really cool. Um, um oh, did yeah. you see the uh uh Joyce Carol Oates tweet? Um so somebody had, had taken a photo of a house uh with like plastic skeletons climbing up the outside. Yes, I and did. And they thought see it was awesome. And and then she was like, "Well, you can tell the people who have never had death in their life, for whom uh, things like this can be uh, the subject of fun." And she just got totally roasted about yeah. it. It's like you've, you've uh, clearly never heard of Mexico or any other culture that deals with death in a slightly different yeah. way, or yeah. kind of the concept of Halloween itself. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's that's the whole thing is, is you bring the scary things to take their power away. Mm. Um, but uh, I there is a business here in town that's that's got the skeletons climbing up the outside, and I love it. I have to get a picture of that one. Brilliant. Yeah, it's it's very rare to see anywhere do that to that extent over here to 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 the to the extent that there's a house in brighton it's where i used to live it's about 20 minutes up the road um that gets like loads of visitors each year specifically because they decorate for halloween which probably sounds a bit mad to you because everyone else does it anyway but people will travel to this house just to see their halloween decorations yeah yeah we um yeah same as christmas lights we can uh take like little drives around the neighborhood and see. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just to observe. Yeah. yeah Cause gr- growing up, I was always told like, Oh, Halloween's not as much of a, a thing in England. Um, mm-hmm. And it might, it sounds like it's still not really, it's more of an online holiday. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't have kids and yeah. not many of my friends have kids. So it's hard for me to kind of measure how much has changed since I was a kid, but, uh, right. Yeah. 
I, I don't think it's a massive deal. I don't know. Yep. All right. Uh, so Okay, so I was wrong on early Christmas. <laughs> okay, this is a good one. I like this next question. Who does your host choose to play as in Mario Kart? All right, now here, I am stuck in the 90s. Mm -hmm. um, because there have been so many Mario Kart uh, games, so many rosters. Uh, I play a mobile version. Uh, so I, I there, there's a ton of available characters. I went thinking strictly Mario Kart 64. Yep. Um, Yoshi. Yoshi is an excellent guess. However, it is not correct. I'm very sorry to tell you. Uh, I like Toad. I was going to say, is it Toad? Toad is the one. Yeah, Toad, Toad's got a broad appeal. I won't expound on that because <laughs> I don't want to spoil my answer. Mm, yeah. Oh. Ooh, okay, so now now we get to uh, the real the real meaty question. Mm. Where would your co-host want to time travel to? Oh, so, I switched those orders. Oh. <laughs> so not not the, the meatiest of them, but time travel. Okay, time travel. So so for this question, were you thinking time and place or just time? So if I were to time travel right now, would I appear in this very spot at that time? Or are we talking uh, like you know yeah, we'll, specific? Yeah, we'll we'll say time and relative dimensions in space. Um so yeah, it doesn't doesn't have to be you know, where your current home is. Mm, okay. Or where you currently are situated. You wouldn't have to travel there first and then travel through time. Mm. I always wonder that. Like, I'm I'm really terrible at, like, maths and science. They were my mm. worst subjects at school. My brain just does not work that way. But I always wonder in time travel films, something that isn't addressed very often is... The, film, the films where they time travel and then appear in the same space, exactly the rotation of the earth and, yeah. and the, yeah, the rotation and orbit. And, yeah. It's like, yeah. surely you would just appear in space and choke and die. And that would be the end of the film. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or even if you were traveling a very short distance, you'd appear off the ground, you know, yeah. miles, what East. I, I'm not sure about the rotation direction, but yeah. Um, yeah. Even in like really, uh, grounded sort of time travel movies like primer they don't really hmm. address there must, it there must be some films that have gone into that but yeah, yeah. I, I can definitely see it being used as a as a joke in a thing that's not about time travel but someone hmm. does and then they end up off planet somehow <laughs> yeah. um anyway and, i am getting off yeah. track with okay random yes musings. time uh, travel so what do you reckon I um I have to change that and say uh late seventies New York. That's that's pretty spot on actually. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Uh yeah, totally. Just for the the cultural experience. Um you know, obviously there were things that were less good about the past. Right. Um, 
But yeah, there's a lot of really interesting people and things I would like to see in 70s New York. Yeah, I, I almost said 70s London, but then I thought about 70s London. And it, oh. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 and The no. environment that spawned all the culture and music, it seemed awful. Yeah. So, so there was like, yeah, the politics and, you know, was, was the 70s was like the bin strikes and Thatcher and was that the 80s? That would have been the 70s because it spawned punk, didn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, not London. Not then anyway. If you if you're going back yeah. to London, you should probably go to like the sixties. Uh yeah, I can see that being hmm. all right. Okay. 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 I will take I think I already marked my point. I don't want to give myself too many. Mm. We keep fair and uh, you know, we got regulations, the game show commission, <laughs> all this. We gotta We gotta be careful. Stay on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Okay, so we've got our either or questions now. Blair or Oasis? Which All right. Now you choose? did spoil this on Twitter uh, a, a little bit ago. Um, before that, I was going to make a joke about, you know, uh, being one of those people who, who uh, when confronted with uh, Blur or Oasis, they say uh, pulp. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Blur. Yeah. It's got to be Blair. Um, it's that kind of north-south divide, you see. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was, I was wondering if that was, if that was largely it, because there's, there's none of that over here. It's just, you know, the songs. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, and I don't want to <laughs> spoil my answer, so we'll leave that mm. where it is. Okay. Last but not least. Beatles or Stones? Now, little ignorance. Stones, Stones are London. Obviously, mm. Beatles are Liverpool. Everybody knows this. Yeah, I don't know actually. Or Stones are nationwide. Mm. There's, there's no narrowing them down. Um, but uh, I went along. Yeah. If if we take North South out of it, uh, on the 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 Beatles Stones divide i feel like beetles are blur as much as oasis wanted to be so i'm going beetles ding 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 wow okay. okay what's the final score i feel like you really picked up a load of points in the uh in the second half there i did if i can read my tally marks correctly that gives me nine out of 19 possible hoo, hoo, hoo. It wasn't that fun. Just like game shows in the 1970s. All right. Well, on with the mixtape portion of the show. We did bump into some small technical difficulties. Uh, we will address those when we get to them. There we are. All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the inaugural proper episode of Internet. Nope. Let me get the name of the show right. <laughs> International Internet Strangers podcast. We are. Uh, my name is Damon. 
And I am Zen. And we, if this wasn't in an introduction already, uh, have known each other over 20 years now, uh, have yeah. not actually met. We became friends through the message boards on the official Incubus website uh, while it was still set up for Make Yourself before Morning View came out. Yeah. And have been making mixtapes for each other basically that whole time. So yeah. what we're going to do on the podcast, we're going to go through those playlists as best we can. Things have been lost to time. Uh, actually, just I was recently reminded that I had made you a, that tape that you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. So they weren't all CDs. I think I, I sort of tended towards making CDs because that was the fun thing to do. Yeah. But yeah, you, you made me some that were actual proper tapes. Yeah. Yeah, well, because you were living in a modern era. <laughs> and, and I, uh, I mean, I, I am still using an iPod Nano uh, as my primary listening listening source. So I'm, I guess, perpetually fifteen, ten to fifteen years behind. Yeah, you're but, consistent. Yeah, I mean, I still do listen to CD. Again, that's also quite dated CDs. Uh, but I have a CD player in the car. You know? Yeah. I also have a tape deck in the car, uh, which I don't use very often. I mostly use that to listen to the iPod. I have a little adapter and uh you know i've got records i'm a modern person <laughs> i i know what uh, i know what the kids are doing these days i've heard of tiktok you, you know tapes are coming back in though Man, like, i hope so yeah i actually just um my my mom was cleaning out um cleaning out a room and found uh this um i mean we're not oh, recording wow. the video but that is a tape Cleverly wow. titled Mom Rock that I uh, made. I wonder if I wrote a year on that. I wanted to get the sound of cassette tape because it's a sound that I love. Uh, no, it doesn't look like I've got a year on it, but that's got to be. Uh, okay, so there's Jimi Hendrix on here, which means it's after we moved to England in 2000 because that's when I got Are You Experienced? I'm sure I saw no effects when you held it up to the camera. Yep, I did find a NoFX song for my mom. I, I can't uh, believe that you would put NoFX on a mixtape for your mom. That's that's yeah. old. Because I'm a very <laughs> cool son is what it turns out to be. Uh, let's see. So Smashing Pumpkins, NoFX, Goldfinger, Nirvana, uh, Jimi Hendrix, U2, Paul Simon, Counting Crows, Stone Temple Pilots, and Oasis. Uh Fortunately, I wrote all the band names in a silver pen that has endured. <laughs> uh, it is much harder to see uh, what the songs are. Obviously, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Who doesn't start their tapes off with that? Yeah. Uh, 1979, Tonight, Tonight. Pretty basic hits from the Pumpkins. I, I, can't, I can't tell what, what no effect songs they are. I'd be very intrigued to know what teenage Damon thought was acceptable to put on a mixtape for his mum. Yeah. I certainly, I don't think my mum would have, uh, would have been into no effects. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, and I do have, uh, so I've got a, a, a phonograph that we got from my dad years ago so we could listen to, to records and he never used, uh, but it's got AM, FM, 
a CD phonograph and a tape deck, but I can't get the tape deck to work. Uh. But I do also have a standalone tape deck uh, that I bought, gosh, four, five years ago, uh, because Katie had recently gotten a, a car that it was a 1997 neon it was a filling car is filling in between actual cars that you'd expect to to drive for a while <laughs> and that only had a tape deck hmm. uh, tape deck and radio but i had been making her mix cds for the the previous few years um obviously I was, and so I, I set about a secret project of trying in this modern era to record to a cassette tape which was not easy no uh i i utilized man yeah i i had to to go to like different stores to even find the deck and then getting the audio to go into it it was it was always really shaky um i did get it finished i did get it finished Uh, now you know we we no longer have she no longer has a car with a tape deck so i don't know what happened to it but i do have that that standalone tape deck that i used um so i'll yeah i'll listen to this and i'll i'll follow up yeah, uh, yeah. On the next episode, you will know uh, what what songs, what no effects songs I thought my mom <laughs> would enjoy. And Goldfinger as well, actually. And Goldfinger, yeah. I'm pretty sure that at least one of the no effects songs, if there's more than one, is a cover, like uh, Vincent or something. Mm. It doesn't look like it's Vincent, but I could have. She likes Don McLean. <laughs> oh, classic. Actually, What's that? Classic. Oh, absolutely. So that's where cassettes were. Oh, we're still doing an introduction. Oh, yeah. Technically. That's that's good tangent. That's that's some vintage Spitval podcast tangent right there. Uh, what, 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 what else? I mean, I guess that's that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, the podcast, we're going to we're going to listen to these playlists um, at the end of each episode. We're going to judge how we did. And, uh, and I, uh, we're going to release the playlists, what we're able to find online on, uh, Spotify and on YouTube, I'll put them all together and make sure those go out. Uh, so yeah, that, that's, ma- that's the, the annoying thing about having lost a lot of the physical CDs and tapes is I don't even know where we got some of these songs. They were just from, yeah. you know, recorded off the radio or something. So the, yeah, there is, there is one on, uh. CD, CD Uno and CD Two, I believe you titled them. One of them on there is definitely a radio rip. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I'll I'll do my best to find them on on Spotify. Obviously, Spotify is the man, mm-hmm. and so the man isn't going to have uh, some of the live Incubus bootleg tracks. Mm-hmm. That, but for for the most part, stuff that I've received, I still have. You know, I've got the MP3s. I got them on my computer. I can play them off of the iPod, uh, and I'll You're... probably upload them to YouTube once I kind of look into that. Yeah, D- Damon is much more organized than me. I've I've lost most of my uh, stuff from from when I was younger. Various moves, and yeah. it's all gone. That's and that's the the trouble. I mean, if we had started this. Uh, two years ago, yeah, uh, I would actually still have all of the packaging that you had sent uh, your stuff in letters. I I think you may have even had like 
explanations for the song, at least for this first mix. Oh, wow. Because I think I remember that was part of the uh, part of the gimmick is is we each make uh, a mix that's like a condensed snapshot of, of us as individuals. This is the music that kind of defines you. Yeah. Um, so and I because I, that's definitely the tone that, that my first playlist has. And I, I do remember definitely writing like little paragraphs for, mm. for each of the songs. Yeah, that makes sense, because I think when we first started chatting, obviously, we kind of bonded over Incubus and then discovered that, you know, we had lots of other bands in common and there were lots of bands that I liked that you'd never heard of and that you liked that I'd never heard of. So it was kind of a way of, uh, yeah, getting to know each other through music. It was pretty cool. Yeah, meeting on the Incubus boards and both liking David Bowie, I think, was uh, a big initial part of it. Definitely. Because especially as like a teenager in the at the millennium, you don't often find the peers that have that really listened to anything, you know, prior to the year they were born or whatever. Yeah, everybody grew up with some '80s stuff, but yeah, '80s stuff and Beatles—that's what you get. But yeah, I think that was a big, a big start for us. And yeah, and then we agreed, or there was a challenge. I can't remember how it came up if it was a, a post on on the boards i i do remember it wasn't the main message board mm. it was and it wasn't the main concert sub board it was concerts two okay that i uh visit because there were far fewer people it, it didn't move as fast i was able to keep up oh wow you're giving me flashbacks to the days of message boards yeah yeah because you'd get the super popular ones and there would just be so many conversations going on. There was just yeah. no way to keep up with it at all. And then and, you... And so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd go down to a sub board. But even the, like the regular concerts board was so busy. I was like, all right, they've got concerts too. I'm going down to concerts too. And I, I believe at that point I had seen them. Um, would, would that have been in the UK that you saw them? Yep. Uh, it would have been at Nottingham Rock City. Oh, wow. No way. With uh, 100 Reasons was the the opening act. That's so funny. So I saw them with 100 Reasons supporting probably the same tour um, Mm. at the LA... No. Yeah, the London Astoria, which does not exist anymore. Oh, that's sad. I think I've seen a show at the Astoria. Yeah, it's it's been knocked down. Um, There's a tube station there now. Oh, well, at least it's a useful thing and not like office buildings or something. Yeah. Still sad. It was a great yeah. venue. I'm sure it was falling apart though. <laughs> uh, and you, d- did you see him again with 311? No, no, no. I don't think I've ever seen them. Okay, because I, I think I remember because I wanted to see him. Those were two of my favorite bands at the time, uh, but I wasn't. I wasn't able to make it. And I do know somebody went, and they're like, "Yeah, the UK crowd had, did not know what to do with 311." No, in fact, you even saying three eleven out loud in my head, it's always been three one one. So oh, I don't, that's great. I don't know them. I I couldn't name one song. Like they're not, certainly not. You know, in in my kind of uh, crowds, no, no one was really into them. So, which is which is really funny because I what one of the like kind of vibes I got off the the UK music scene, the, like the independent scene, the the rock scene, and everything going to see ska bands and everything is that mixing in reggae to your music was a very popular thing to do. 
Yeah. Like all of the elements of 311, I feel like should have hit. Mm. But as an adult, I look back on, on 311 and they're kind of squares. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to check them out now. In fact, yeah. I, th- I think I might have heard a couple of songs um, when I was about, gosh, when I was about 16, maybe. Um, a girl moved over from New Zealand and, and joined my class oh. uh, at high school, in high school. And uh, she had a mixtape that had like sublime on it and i'm sure it had 311 but i've never heard sublime, either of them chance there's 311 yeah yeah and like uh cherry popping daddies and stuff like <laughs> uh all these bands i'd never heard of and i thought they were really cool um so thank you cindy for introducing me to those uh musical delights oh that's great yeah 311 yeah 311 has not held up for me they're still huge in utah Utah loves 311 okay. so much. Uh, yeah, I, I have a cousin who, like, within the, the course of three months has gone to Denver or plans to go to Denver twice to see 311 at different venues. Wow. So they've got that that sort of following. Can you hear the, the little kid running around in the hall? <laughs> yeah. I wonder what that was, yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be an interesting element. We'll, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're making do. It's, it's episode one. Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's, let's get, let's get into it. So do you kind of remember putting this one together? Do you remember any of your thought processes or anything? No, not really. I mean, we were, we were trying to trace it back a little bit the other day when we were just chatting, weren't we? Yeah. Um, and I, I still can't quite remember if I sent you, I sent you a few rips of some albums that you didn't have. If I sent yeah. the mix with it or if it came afterwards, I cannot remember. Um, I know. Well, what I, what I remember of that, uh, so the great thing, so I, I grew up military. Uh, you know, I wasn't military. My dad was. <laughs> uh, and part of the great thing about that is I've got these distinct uh, chronological and geographical dividers to a lot of my early life. Mm. So I can say, well, I remember... We were in Idaho when that happened, so that's between '95 and 2000. Or that happened while we were at Alkenbury, so that's '94, '95, yeah, sort of like that. So I do remember, uh, and episode one, we're bringing 9/11 into it. Yeah, I do remember the the three albums, uh, the 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 rips that you sent me were Toxicity and Lateralis and Morning View. Mm. Um. System of a Down Tool and Incubus for the listener, respectively. And I remember, I've misremembered for 20 years, actually. I thought all three of those albums were supposed to come out on 9-11 or did come out on 9-11, but that's not the case. Right. Uh, they came out around there, October, August. Uh, System of a Down, the, the uh, Chop Suey was already a single, so it was mm. able to be a controversy when, uh, when the attacks happened and get pulled from... Uh, clear channel radio in the u.s so why there was, was that there was... i don't remember it getting pulled well i i don't know if if england had the same problem that america did after that but there was a big list of songs that got uh banned clear channel owns a ton of radio stations in the u.s so it wasn't like an official legal thing you can't play these songs on the radio it's just yeah, that yeah. we won't play these songs on our stations uh chop suey was one of them uh, 
the so Bush had an album I think that came out on on 9/11 Golden mm. State um and the first single was originally called Speed Kills and they right. changed that so it became the people that we love uh Jimmy World's Bleed American had actually come out the summer before but when the song Bleed American became a single they had changed the title to Salt Sweat Sugar interesting yeah so there, I, there I don't really those. have yeah I don't really have any memory of that being a thing. I, I remember there being like films and maybe TV shows that had to be cancelled or rescheduled. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah, but I remember even in because it was on MTV two in the UK that I saw the the single with Salt Sweat Sugar okay. instead of Bleed American. So yeah, so so those three albums were earlier in the or were 2001 toward the end of the year mm. but i remember the the actual mix uh, the one that we'll be talking about today came it would have come later in the school year spring of 2002 mm. because you sent you sent the the one overall compilation and then also uh, a hip hop cd okay yeah and i remember the 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 rap cd wouldn't play I was like, oh, well, that's a, that's a bummer. I've got like the track list and everything. I know what's on there, but I don't, I can't actually listen to it mm. until after graduation, I moved to Spanish Fork in Utah for the listener, Spanish Fork, Utah. I went to college at Snow College, which is about an hour away. And so I stayed with my grandparents for the summer, which I thought would be a fun idea. But I, I was burning CDs at my Aunt Kay's house and I just happened to put that rap CD in and it just needed to be finished. Oh. I, I don't know. Burning CDs in the early 2000s was was a lot more involved. <laughs> but yeah, after that, it works fine. It works now. So How funny. So that's kind of the timeline I remember for those, those first ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I think you have a much better memory than me. <laughs> but I, yeah. I mean, but these are also things that I've, you sent over to me. You didn't have them anymore. They yeah. were out of your your life, and then not none of that was part of your experience with them. So I, I think that's a lot of why I I'm able to remember it because I didn't remember I'd sent you that tape at, at all till you said something. Ah. So. Okay. So before we were very rudely interrupted by internet problems, uh, we were about to kick it off so let's uh start with the first track this is uh david bowie future legend it is a wonderful sound to start the mix with that and in the death yeah as the last few corpses lay rotting on the slimy thoroughfare the shutters lifted an ancient temperance building high on Boaches Hill, and red mutant eyes gazed down on Hunger City. No more big wheels. Fleas the size of rats sucked on rats the size of cats, and 10,000 peploids split into small tribes, coveting the highest of the sterile skyscrapers like packs of dogs assaulting the glass fronts of Lovney Avenue. Ripping and re-wrapping mink and shiny silver fronts. Now never All right, we'll pa- pause it there because his part part of the intrigue is the transition to the next track. Yeah. 
but I had uh, actually looked up the lyrics last night. Lyrics, you know, the the monologue last yeah. night. Yeah. I realized I I didn't know. I got the vibe. I got you know fleas the size of rats and rats the size of cats. Yeah, weirdly, I actually looked up the lyrics quite recently because um, I run a pub quiz once a week and do weird and wonderful rounds. And yeah, the, the, some of it was just not what I thought he was saying at all. <laughs> that happens a lot, actually, especially with David Bowie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But man, what what a weird track to choose to to introduce you to my my musical tastes. You know, <laughs> what a way to kick off a mixtape. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like it's the one track on on the whole CD on the whole mix. Uh, that doesn't fall into to two categories. But since I've been listening to this, getting ready uh, to record, mm. I, I split up into two categories. Every song is either uh, sad and angry or deeply danceable. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, that that sounds about right. And I think yeah. it kind of kind of splits the different. It's not as danceable as like a lot of us stuff on Diamond Dogs, but it, I think it's a good start for for something that's moving between those two those two poles yeah yeah I mean I don't really know what kind of mood I was trying to set with it I think I was just more um so I can't remember if I said this before the internet craziness but um that year or the year before for my birthday and Christmas all I had asked for was David Bowie CDs so I was kind of familiarizing myself with all the album tracks that I didn't know and I think I was just kind of blown away by you know well, the, the concept of a concept album and and just this kind of crazy world that he created with that first, yeah, this kind of post-apocalyptic hellscape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so for some reason, that was track one. And I get, I get the teenage notion that it sets a mood and you don't really consider what that mood is, but you know. Yeah. It's setting a mood. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I definitely carried that on. I use so many of the uh, segue tracks from outside mm. in in mixes going forward. So, yeah, uh, and and not always ones that the recipient would enjoy. I, <laughs> okay. I definitely put Algeria Touch Shriek on one for Katie. Okay, <laughs> I was really bad at making mixes for for Katie for years. And then I, I retired and then I, I came out of retirement and decided I know songs that she does like. I'm not gonna not gonna try and do anything fancy. She she even made like a big playlist for herself and I was like, I'm gonna take songs from that playlist. Yeah, very sensible. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we, we've started with Future Legend. Let's uh let's roll it into the next track. Mm. Um because as an intro does, it should go right right in. And that. Come on. Edge of Sapphire and Crack Demon. The gal of the Diamond Dogs. This ain't nothing, no! This is. Yeah. 
figured out Wanna do whatever Laugh until September And I seem to think That you were once here with me With me I was wrong You were moving on And I sit in water Falling water Get my way on Nothing will move on And we want it So Shinobi versus Dragon Ninja by Lost Prophets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously, in retrospect, a, a problematic band. But yeah. uh, at the time, that was just an amazing bass line, an amazing intro oh, yeah. to a song. Um, I feel like they were kind of one-hit wonders. I'm sure they had other songs that were popular but that one really kind of grabbed the imagination of oh, uh, yeah. of people my age and yeah i mean it, i'm not gonna lie i loved it at the time i thought it was brilliant oh sure yeah it, i mean it, it does what it was trying to do for sure yeah um yeah. and it 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 kind of marries um the new metal world like the sound is very new metal but the, the song title very emo mm, fits yeah. in right along with there's no i in team uh Timberwolves at New Jersey, just sort of not really anything the listener could pick up from the song, mm. but definitely memorable. Yeah. And uh... yeah, I, I think they kind of, I, I vaguely remember watching them support, there was a metal band called Kill to This. Okay. I can't even remember any of their songs, but they, they played uh at a venue near me and we went to see them and i'm pretty sure lost profits supported when they were like fledgling you know super young band and they were really metal so they kind of went off they, on a bit of a tangent put the groove into it yeah totally and yeah like i say that's the only song of theirs that i can really remember but well yeah same here the 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 other thing uh, aside from the the controversy Mm. Uh, the only other thing I really remember about Lost Prophets is it, it proves this uh, kind of hypothesis that I have that every band is someone's favorite band. Okay. Because I I know, I kind of know him, but he's more friends with one of my friends. I know a guy who heard, uh, what was that album called? Like, the, oh, it was gosh. one of those, The Sound of. Yeah. Hmm, it uh, rings a bell, but I can't remember. But yeah, the, this kid heard that record and he was like, well, this this is my band. I'm going to get all the music I can, which they had like an album and an EP at that point, maybe. So there was a lot of like downloading and yeah, yeah. Uh, and things like that. And I was like, Lost Profits, huh? That's okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know. There's a part of me that like, wants to support them well not now but more right. because they they're welsh they're a welsh band there aren't oh, that, that many great. welsh bands yeah um although obviously they don't sing in welsh accents so <laughs> it would be a very different band if they did yeah they uh, yeah I, I found a, a spotify playlist just kind of scrolling around they had put together one that was uh just all welsh artists oh. so 
and it, you know, for super furry animals to Tom Jones. Yeah. Sort of. Shirley Bassey. Is it Bonnie, Bonnie Tyler? Totally. Yeah. Of her heart. Yeah. I she's did Welsh. not expect to, to hear Bonnie Tyler <laughs> in there. That's uh, pretty great. Wow. They were on Megaforce records. Um, Lost Profits, not uh, Bonnie <laughs> Tyler. Fake Sound of Progress. That was the album. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, well remembered. The, the sound. Oh, no, I, I straight looked it up. <laughs> um yeah uh yeah definitely a very 2000s album title mm. very 2000s uh very 16 year old it's a it's yeah. a great start to to what it is yeah all right um anything else on shinobi versus dragon ninja oh gosh no i don't think there's much more to say really it's 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 pretty straightforward in what it is <laughs> yeah all right Next track, track three, Take It or Leave It, The Strokes. So so right away, we were really getting that early two thousands, like two two huge things going on. You got the second phase of new metal, uh, and then you've got the the bands. Oh yeah. So a real like simplification, real step back. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. How how did you get to the Strokes there? So yeah, I mean the Strokes. I kind of put them in the same category as like in terms of my musical uh, taste developing, uh-huh. like the White Stripes and the Hives, this kind of retro sounding, kind of slightly quirky rock bands. Um, yeah, I guess they, they did all have their little little quirks to them as well. Because I, I remember um, the music press also kind of pulling everybody together like that the garage revival yeah bringing yeah. back uh you know rock and roll and all that uh, but yeah i mean the white stripes obviously had their they were full of gimmicks they had you know their two-piece their are they brother and sister or were they married yeah. they got the the red and white um then the hives did, were, were they always in the the shirt and tie was that full on the hives gimmick or was that just like for some promotional stuff because oh, that's gosh. what i always associate with them yeah i always picture them in a shirt and th- well actually no 
I feel like I've seen them in like just just kind of retro style. Like I'm sure I've seen them yeah. in like black turtlenecks or something. Yeah, um, dressed like the Kinks. Yeah, could, yeah, totally. Yeah. But then, yeah, I, I feel like I I bought a cluster of albums from those kind of bands at around the same time. Yeah. Um, and the Strokes particularly just felt very different to the other kind of stuff that I'd been listening to. I just really loved it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a good time for that to to really hit because mm. it was. I guess we can talk White Stripes later in the in the album, but. The, that that was the time of their second album. The first one didn't quite do as much, I think, because we weren't we weren't ready mm. for the the garage move. But yeah, two thousand one. That was um, as about the time. It was it was also very interesting because uh, a, a lot of my, at the time a lot of my new music coming in was from MTV Two and Kerrang. Yeah, it was very interesting that. Uh, you know the strokes and the the white stripes and the hives and the vines they they were in that rotation with like korashi and muse and yeah deftones and Slipknot. and there was there was i think something that it's easy to to kind of forget about especially when you're talking about mixtapes and like streaming services is the album artwork oh um, yeah the the artwork for that album you know it's it's like incredibly provocative very saucy <laughs> very saucy you know to the point that uh, i remember one of my friends um he he hid the album from his mum oh absolutely you know he, yeah. he thought she wouldn't let him have it because it's you know it's basically a naked bum with the a leather glove on it i'm trying yeah. to remember it yeah uh, yeah like a late not latex vinyl sort mm. of very shiny glove yeah, it's definitely suggesting something something saucy going on there. Yeah. Uh, that had something to, to play into it in terms of like how cool the strokes felt, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that, yeah, the album artwork is really like Deftones. Mm. That, the second album, Around the Fur. Mm-hmm. You have the, the bikini lady coming up out of the pool. It's that, I mean, the songs and everything... They're a great band, but that album cover versus their first album, which is like a snot syringe. Okay. It's, it's a weird, like a little squeeze ball. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what I've always seen it as. It might be something else. I don't know. Just I always just kind of, it's just a kind of artistic, I think in my head it was a vase. <laughs> I, I think I they know. may want you to play interpretations with it, but I always thought it was like, Oh, baby's got a stuffy nose. You can't really blow the baby's nose, so you take you squeeze right, the little ball and right, suck right. the snot out. That's what I saw. <laughs> Who a... knows? Who knows? But yeah, that you know, especially when you were a kid and you don't have a lot of money, you know, because maybe you've got pocket money or or money from chores or like a, a Saturday job or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so buying an album was a really big decision oh yeah and and quite often it would be like okay i've heard of this band i've heard of this band and it would come down to which one had the cooler cover (laughs) yeah well i want to get in that book and see what other images there are that go Mm -hmm. along with this it's always disappointing when you it's just the the one fold it's just uh 
credits credits inside and you don't have a bunch more weird photos totally yeah i think i think he might have tweeted about this but i'm definitely of the generation of like i would buy an album i would take out the the little leaflet and i would Uh, read the lyrics oh yeah and not not every album but a lot of albums that booklet had a, a smell okay i remember first noticing it like thinking about it noticing it with the first system of a down album because hmm. instead of the shiny sort of paper it was on that more matte paper okay and it yeah and i was like it's it's neither good nor bad but this is what this smells like and so every once in a while i catch a, a little whiff of it i'm like oh yeah that first system of a down record I that's so that. random olfactory memories very it's, strong it is wild all right so yeah strokes uh fun fun little boppity ones now okay so next track is where the first half of the the dichotomy the the sad and angry really (laughs) swings full this is a glass jaw when one eight becomes two zeros again one of those emo titles No idea what that first bit says. everything with that that phase <laughs> yeah so that's uh yeah so glass jaw um mm. and I, I have this one weird memory of of glass jaw from occasionally i don't i don't remember ever buying melody maker or the enemy or or kerrang mm. but i do i do remember seeing something kind of comparing glass jaw to slipknot and Interesting. It was, it was something that I, I remember seeing in, in like British music press where anything kind of heavy was together. Mm. Like you wouldn't have, because I never would have thought to think about comparing Slipknot to Glassjaw because Glassjaw wasn't metal. So don't compare them to metal bands. But yeah, I don't that's even really remember what the comparison was. They were just kind of mentioned together. 
because like yeah if you hear like daryl palumbo's uh side projects like head automatica it's it's almost pop you know it's it's so far from metal is it, it's crazy is that the same head automatica and, and glass jar the, yeah. the same wow same singer yeah okay crazy that's um, wild but yeah, you saying that, that people lump them in with Slipknot, that's really interesting because I was trying to remember, I think I'd heard of Glassjaw and maybe a couple of friends were into them, but it was when I went to see Slipknot on the World Destruction Tour in 99, I think it would have been. Um, right. And there were like flyers and I think Glassjaw was supporting them on some of that tour, but not in the UK. Hmm. and that really surprised me yeah because like you say it's like they're just not they're just not the same but uh yeah i think that kind of prompted me to to explore them a bit more and even though they were nothing like slipknot i really liked them so yeah and they uh and the bass player uh went on to join one of my favorite bands especially at the time saves the day yeah uh, and i was like that's a much heavier band, but you know, you're a musician, you play songs, you've, you've heard it. It's one of those things that it's hard to understand as a teenager. Oh, the, these are people with radios, same as you. Yeah. They know these songs. They, they choose to listen to music. They don't have to only play this. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I love the, the title though. One eight becomes one, one eight becomes two zeros. Cause it's very long, clever emo title. Yeah. But it's also like, but I can visualize it. I can tell this is a breakup song. Yeah. All right. Anything else for Glassjaw? Hmm. I mean, I guess just to say also to bear in mind that I was a hormonal 16 year old and the lead singer is quite hot. So. Oh, good to know. <laughs> yeah. I see. And I, I never, I never saw, uh, never, never looked up a video or anything. Yeah. And they didn't come on Kerrang, so at least not while I was paying attention. There okay, but yeah, let's let's roll on. Oh, there's a band that's come up a couple times already. Uh, Changing the House of Flies, F-Tones. That was that was the one. I mean, 
yeah, White Pony. I don't know whether it says more about me or the album, but I still go back to that album so much. It's just such a strong, you know, all killer, no filler. Oh, absolutely. And very, too. Because mm. you've got, you know, this, it's very spooky. Yeah. All the way around. Change of the House Fly is very spooky. Spooky title, very vague. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, it's got this, it's got, uh, you know, street carp and big, big screaming numbers. Oh, is, is it not, uh... It's still playing. It's still playing. I thought I had turned it down enough. Yeah. Right? Give it a little pause. Oh, there we go. Back where it was. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's got uh, you know little groovy numbers. It's got atmospheric stuff. It's it's got the little trip hop uh, teenager and yeah, and the big classic Deftones screamy numbers. Yeah, I it, I remember when it came out. Um, I was going out with this guy who was very into music, and I think he'd taken the day off of school or college or whatever we were doing at the time to to go and buy it on the day it came out. Yeah. And then uh, I met up with him and he was just so excited and he was trying to explain to me, he was like, it's just so different to what they've done. It's like, it's like Deftones meets Radiohead. That was the only way he knew how to explain it. And that's um, not, that's not totally wrong. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, I, I definitely hear a lot of it in there. Mm. But and yeah. It, it's, and it's great because I, uh, I knew Deftones were one of those like really background bands for me. Like I knew people who liked Deftones. I swear I knew somebody who had a white pony t-shirt before the album came out. I'm, I might be a little wrong on that, but I'm not very wrong. Maybe a mega fan. I do it's... think of Deftones as like a t-shirt band. If oh, you know for what I mean. sure. Yeah. Like their, their, uh, their logo and kind of iconography yeah, that, is just so and, yeah it's so yeah. iconic you see a lot of people in t-shirts it's like do you actually like the death phones or do you like the t-shirt but, the, <laughs> but it's they were very stylish about it it wasn't all just like parodies of of logos and and things mm. i think there was probably a little of that there was always some of that at the time but but it was you know s- stripes and stars and and just like real just good good design mm. I remember having a, I, I don't think it, it was very serious, but a bit of a debate with you about uh, whether it was Deftones or Deft Ones. <laughs> yeah, that was that was on the old uh, the old Incubus message boards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I had had that thought, like, what if this whole time they were the Deft Ones, <laughs> and we we've been getting it wrong, and they just rolled with it. <laughs> and I, I think. I think you would. You were the only person on on the boards who tried to come up with another possibility, like another band who might have been doing it. Oh. Do you remember what band you tried? No. Placebo. As maybe Placebo. Placebo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh. A... See, if if I didn't know that that you were. Uh sober teen i would have said you must have been very stoned when you came up with that <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot, a lot of those uh, as a sober teen a lot of those are you sure i'm pretty sure i don't remember <laughs> having uh intoxicated that thought but, but yeah yeah white white pony 
um, it's, it's interesting you keep going back to it because I think what I did was I wore it out uh, and like it's just kind of locked away and I don't need to. But I go back to Around the Fur mm-hmm. because it was so difficult for me okay. at the time. A lot of the, because I love Chino's uh, vocal, like, the, oh, the first track on, is it the first track on White Pony? No, it couldn't be. It's way later in the album. But the the duet with Maynard James Keenan. Oh, yeah. So that's like, track, I want to say track nine. I'm just guessing. But, yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess track seven and look it up while we're talking. But that's that's genuinely one of just the sexiest songs you could hope to hear. Mm. And uh, I, I I do remember that album. Uh, I want to hear something teenage. I had a crush on a girl who lived across the street and we did nothing about it until a couple days before she left, like she moved. And so the time following that, I listened to White Pony, which not my copy of White Pony, a borrowed copy of White Pony and was very sad throughout a lot of the songs uh track listing track no track seven is knife party track nine uh passenger you got it i have listened to that album way too much (laughs) uh but yeah uh, rx queen and teenager i think were the the two particularly very sad songs Mm. to listen to yeah that's i mean that's the other thing to bear in mind with like these kind of formative albums that you listen to when you're a teen is they're so contextual oh absolutely yeah you know yeah if 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 you have a breakup or a crush or something while you're listening to a particular album that album will forever be associated with that you just you can't help it that's just life you know yeah all right looking at the time let's do Mm. one more um off of the mix and then a special piece of surprise content yeah intriguing okay oh this is yeah this is a a a good a good one this is what track five we've gone five tracks in and we have to take a little break this is the this is the perils uh dear listener of a seven hour time difference and a very (laughs) busy work schedule and also, I don't. I we could have we could have done a lot more of this, but it's it's just hard to get on your feet in the morning sometimes. So for sure, yeah. All right, okay. So uh, this is at the drive-in, and the song is "Invalid Litter Department." <laughs> Down as her shoes grip the dirt floor in 
Lucilla would have died. Yeah, they had planned for him, and he had spun the last of the pips. Polyester satin nail jewelry lips, while the guillotine just laughed again. And the paramedics fell into the wound, like a rehired scab in a bareheaded clan. An anesthetic penance beneath the hail of contraband. And I think that that really does about cover it. Mm. Um, they 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 do, and there's four more minutes of the song, but it is it is about the same. It, it doesn't feel very long. Yeah. Yeah. So at at the drive-in, mm. interesting, interesting group. How how'd you come how'd you come across that? They were very much uh, something that my sister listened to, so that I uh, kind of pinched from her. But they kind of fall into the category of like kind of atmospheric American bands that her and her friends were into that I, I didn't really get all of them. So maybe atmospheric is the wrong word. But, you know, she was listening to things like Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Junior, Pavement. I like Pavement, but they were a lot oh, popular, I think. Pavement is very, very, for as weird and abstract as they are, they've got deep hooks. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but of all those bands, for some reason at the time, at the drive-in just clicked for me. There was something, yeah, just something very dramatic about them that I, I really latched for onto. Sure. And it's it's interesting that they're they're the ones that that really clicked for you because they were a difficult listen for me. Mm. Um, it's it's one of the, there's a handful. I'll, I'll be honest. There's a handful of songs on this mix that were tough for me. Sure, yeah. Um, but you you put the CD in, you listen to the whole thing. I wasn't a a, a real skip around guy. Mm-hmm. So so I I, I think there's a, there's a level of screaming. <laughs> in in a vocal performance that that goes just like a step past what i'm comfortable with and that's why the the early deftones records were hard for me because there's you know there's real bangers you got my own summer you're be quiet and drive far away but then then sometimes chino ha- and it's it with chino especially it's this very particular scream mm. um but yeah at the drive and they it it's a fascinating listen because they're weird and i'll i'll, I'll you can't take that away from them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting to know, isn't it? Like, like we, we've talked before about how certain bands. I mean, it's it's hard to generalize and say, oh, they didn't make it over here, or they they didn't, sure. uh, they weren't as popular. It's like, well, they weren't popular with the people I knew, and therefore I didn't, I wasn't exposed to them. Right. But, uh, yeah. I'm not sure that we ever really discussed that. Like, how did you feel about the album? Which songs did you like? Which did you not like? You know, I, I did uh, at one point in the, the middle to late 2000s try to uh, include a, a customer satisfaction survey with with mixtapes <laughs> I made for people, but nobody felt like responding. Mm. So, <laughs> um, 
I wouldn't take it too personally. And it, but it's, it's a song that has grown on me. It's, it's now one of my, like, I look forward to it on the, on the playlist now. Mm. Uh, and, and even then, like, I was like, well, there's a lot about it. That's good. Like it's, like I said, it's weird. Mm. Um, that abstract sort of, uh, uh, lyrical style. Yeah. And so when at the drive-in broke up, they, what, what, what happened in my head, it was very high school chemistry where, uh, proton hit the atom that was at the drive-in and that atom split and all the weird elements of it went off into the Mars Volta and <laughs> yeah. all the straightforward kind of screamy element elements went into Sparta and I never got into Sparta. No, I have to say, I I never I I didn't I never really tried either. Mars Volta was just easier. I that's an interesting way to describe the Mars Volta. <laughs> I I would rarely describe them as easy in uh, any sort of context. No, but I I did see Sparta. Uh, they opened for Weezer the third time. I saw Weezer. Yeah, what, what album Bush. were they touring? Uh, we- Weezer. Hmm. Uh, Maladroit. Maladroit had come out. That was oh, okay. my second time seeing him supporting Maladroit. So I, I saw them July of two thousand one, uh, right as the Green Album came out mm. at uh, Shepherd's Bush, and they like it was a it was a wild show because like every other song was unreleased. Oh, okay. Because they they had the blue album, Pinkerton, and the green album. Green album had just came out, and we didn't know it at all. And they were not going to play songs from Pinkerton. They played, mm. I think, either Tired of Sex or El Scorcho. They played one, and so they they filled out the rest of the set list with stuff that wasn't not even like B sides that we may have heard, just like new songs. Some of them ended up on on Maladroit, uh, and then saw them again in. Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, yeah, that would, that would have been right after Maladroit came out. And then that same, that was in May, I think. And then that summer of 2002, I saw him in uh, Salt Lake with uh, Sparta and Dashboard Confessional. Oh, wow. And I saw them. Oh, I went with my cousin in Salt Lake because I told her that when I saw them in Birmingham, they had had uh, Remy Zero open up. Mm. and she was a big fan of remy zero she was like oh yeah i want to go you know different <laughs> very, di- very different, different show openers. i think yeah. yeah and i remember being so upset that dashboard confessional was playing electric guitars it's like <laughs> boo judas boo i'm a teen boo but oh dear but then weezer and and that that cheered me right up all right so uh, i had hinted earlier but a very special piece of, of media for this episode. Wow. I have fished up a cassette player and an AC adapter because in this, the year of our Lord 2021, um, or I guess 2018 when I bought this. That's a bad hum. Sorry, listener. <laughs> uh, this thing still takes four C batteries 
to operate. Goodness. So I fished out the AC adapter so we, we didn't have to deal with that. All right. Um, and so in the, in the intro, we had had this cassette discussed that I had oh, made yeah. for my mom. And I had promised to listen and find out which no effects song I put on there. But what I did is one better. I queued it up to the last Smashing Pumpkins song so we can find out what no effects song is on there. Amazing. There may even be a little something extra. So let's hope this sounds okay. Hopefully this goes. Yes. Okay. Um, we're going to uh, uh, Smashing Pumpkins 1979. I'm going to pick up the pace a little bit with some no effects and later uh, Nirvana. Unplugged, of course. Nirvana. Monday is my favorite time of year. I'm going to tell you what I really think I like about Mondays. Could it be like Saturdays when you don't get to go to work? Okay, that's that's what I had completely forgotten about that seat, that tape, is that I did I did the little interstitials. Wow. So that's fifteen, sixteen year old Damon Junior on the cut <laughs> talking talking to my mom, introducing Aww. the No Effects song. Thank God it's Monday. <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I I was just kind of rewinding, trying to cue it up, and then I, I hit play, and it was at the end of uh, Tonight Tonight. And I, oh, that's, that's little me on the mic. Oh no. <laughs> so, so very special treat there. Wow. Yeah. You, you do sound very different now. I mean, obviously. Yeah. And a number of years have passed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was at the beginning of, of the, uh, W Bush presidency is how long ago that one was. So, yeah, I think that's that's the app <laughs> and i've been toying with with the idea of what to to use as a, a sign off uh for the episodes and i think for a while i if, if this is dumb we'll do it this time and not ever again <laughs> but uh I, I do like the idea of just kind of borrowing sign offs from other podcasts until yeah. we settle on something for ourselves uh, and so I should have picked one out specifically ahead of time. I, I, I do like to think I can wing things a little more than I can. Uh, but I can always cut out an awkward silence before I say, all right, Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. <laughs> all right. I think that, I think that works okay. Okay. <laughs>